0: you pray with me? Heavenly Father, I pray that you would edify your people with the true and everlasting words of scripture. And I pray, O Lord, that you would be with me, uh, fill me now, and keep me from error as well. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning, River City Church. Uh, My name is Joshua Molden, and I get the privilege of preaching from Joshua 6 this morning. So as you Open your Bibles to this passage. Let me introduce our text just a little bit. In Genesis chapter 12, around 2100 BC, Abram is called by God to go to an undisclosed land. But as he and his family pass through the land of Canaan, God promises to give Canaan to his offspring. Now fast forward just a little bit, after being enslaved in Egypt, around 1446 God miraculously delivers Israel from their bondage in in slavery in Egypt by the splitting of the Red Sea. Yet, within about a year, Israel rejects God by building a golden calf and worshiping it for bringing them out of Egypt. Therefore, God judged this wicked generation in the wilderness as they slowly wander over 40 years to the promised land of Canaan. This brings us to the start of the book of Joshua, which begins with the Israelites on the banks of the Jordan River, just east of the land of Canaan. After two men are sent out to scout out the land, specifically the city of Jericho, The people of Israel pass over the Jordan River, and this is done by the Lord miraculously stopping the flow of the Jordan River. After passing over the Jordan River, the Israelite men, including and more specifically the warriors, are circumcised, and the nation as a whole celebrates Passover. Now, with feet set on holy ground west of the Jordan River in the land of Canaan, The people made holy to the Lord, having been circumcised and celebrating Passover, and their leader Joshua lying prostrate on the ground before the commander of the armies of the Lord. The scene has been thoroughly set for the conquest of Canaan to begin with the city of Jericho. So let us set our face upon the scriptures and read our text for today. I'm going to read verses from chapter 6 of Joshua verses 15 through 21 and then jump ahead to verse 26 and finish the chapter. Hear the word of the Lord from Joshua 6. On the seventh day they rose early at the dawn of day and marched around the city in the same manner seven times. It was only on that day that they marched around the city seven times. And at the seventh time, when the priests had blown the trumpets, Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you the city, and the city and all that is within it shall be devoted to the Lord for destruction. Only Rahab the prostitute and all who are with her in her house shall live, because she hid the messengers whom we sent. But you... Keep yourselves from the things devoted to destruction, lest when you have devoted them, you take any of the devoted things and make the camp of Israel a thing for destruction and bring trouble upon it. But all silver and gold and every vessel of bronze and iron are holy to the Lord. They shall go into the treasury of the Lord. So the people shouted and the trumpets were blown. As soon as the people heard the sound of the trumpet, the people shouted a great shout, and the wall fell down flat, so that the people went up into the city, every man straight before him, and they captured the city. Then they devoted all in the city to destruction, both men and women, young and old, oxen, Sheep and donkeys with the edge of the sword. Verse 26. Joshua laid an oath on them at that time, saying, Cursed before the Lord be the man who rises up and rebuilds this city, Jericho. At the cost of his firstborn shall he lay its foundation, and at the cost of his youngest son shall he set up its gates. So the Lord was with Joshua, and his fame was in all the land. My wife and I, uh, we recently went on a trip to Colorado. We were there for a friend's wedding, but we were really most excited to hike, to hang out with friends, and to just spend time delighting in God's beautiful creation. And then, we got sick. (laughs) My wife really got the worst of it, but I'm really much more of a homebody than her. I remember just being at our Airbnb, we were in the heart of the mountains, and it just felt like the mountains were closing in on me. All I could think about was, I just want to be home. One of the most meaningful promises God gave to Israel was the promise of giving them the land of Canaan, a home. God promised this to Abraham in Genesis 12, verse 7. And this promise was given 700 years before the book of Joshua begins. 700 years. And not only that, but for the past 40 years... The Israelites had been wandering in the wilderness without any home at all. The people of Israel surely would have wondered, will God give us this promised land? Or put another way, will God give us our promised home? Now, as Christians, God has not promised to give you the land of Canaan, but he has made a similar promise to you, that he will give you an eternal home. In the Bible this home is called the heavenly country. We see this in Hebrews 11:16. Or it's referred to as the new heavens and the new earth, really all throughout Revelation 21. Thus in a similar way it can rightfully be asked, will God give you your promised home? Our text today gives us a clear answer without fail you shall receive your home i have two points for us today first your home secured through divine wrath and divine mercy and second your home eternally conquered by the greatest warrior so let's dive into Our first point in verses 15 through 21, your home secured through divine wrath and divine mercy. In verses 1 through 14, we didn't read them today, but God gives specific commands to the Israelites about how they are to march around the city of Jericho. And the main thing that is highlighted in these 14 verses is that The Israelites follow these commands to a T. They obey pretty much perfectly. For six days, they have marched around the city of Jericho once per day in the exact manner that God through Joshua had commanded. Now we see in verse 15 that on this seventh day, they again march around the city in the same manner, highlighting their obedience but this time they marched around Jericho seven times. Two quick pieces of information to kind of bring to life this story. The city of Jericho would have been about the size of a track and field track. Much smaller than our cities today, but you can kind of get a picture of how big it was. And second, according to Numbers 26, a census was taken of the warriors in Israel just a couple years before this. There was about 601,000 warriors. And those who would march around the city were primarily warriors and priests. So you can just imagine, this is a nearly half a million people marching around the city of Jericho. In verses 16 through 19, Joshua gives commands to the people, primarily focusing on what to do with the city and its inhabitants. All is, to be de- all is to be devoted to destruction except Rahab and her family. But why is everything to be devoted to destruction? <clears throat> because the iniquity of the Canaanites had finally been filled up, as was prophesied in Genesis 15:16. The cup of God's wrath could justly be poured out. The wicked and rebellious Canaanites are to be devoted to destruction according to the command of God Most High. This is not something that a human can initiate. This type of war is only put into effect by the God who dwells in heaven. (laughs) But one woman with her family is to be spared, Rahab. The reason she is spared is because she hid the messengers who scoped out the land of Jericho in Joshua chapter 2. This Canaanite prostitute didn't just merely know about the God of Israel, but had proclaimed in Joshua two eleven, for the Lord your God, he is the God in the heavens above and on the earth beneath. She had a profession of of faith in the God of Israel, and for that reason she was graciously shown mercy. Rahab was not less deserving of the wrath of God, but in his kindness the God of salvation spared her and even her family. In verse 20, we really get to the long-anticipated moment of all of, ch- all of Joshua chapter 6. <clears throat> the Israelites have completed their seven laps. The trumpets have been sounded, and the people shout. And just as God said would happen in Joshua 6, verses f- verse 5, the walls fall down flat. They don't just fall down, but flat. And with the walls lying flat, the warriors go straight into the city to execute the divine wrath of God on Jericho. And the two spies are also sent in to execute the divine mercy of God on Rahab and her family. The securing of the land of Canaan was done through the executing of God's divine wrath and His divine mercy. The application of divine mercy on those who have faith in the promises of God, it's inextricably linked to the utter destruction of God's enemies. You cannot have one without the other. Now, brothers and sisters, this historical account of The taking of the city of Jericho is really a token of assurance for you. Are you burdened by your sin? Have you felt the vexation of your soul by Satan and his demons? Have you been scarred by the sins of others in your life? Do you just long to be home? The judge of heaven and earth is coming. He shall save alive us who are like Rahab. Vile sinners deserving of death. Yet nonetheless recipients of his divine mercy. He will rescue you from your enemies. Which includes your sin. Satan. Death and even those people who oppress you without fail you shall receive your home and it shall be secured through the divine wrath and the divine mercy of God but who exactly will be executing justice and extending mercy this brings us to our second point your home eternally conquered by the greatest warrior. Now, in verses 26 and 27, when we get to these verses, Joshua has successfully led the Israelites in the conquering of the first city of the land of Canaan, the city of Jericho. It functions really as a foreshadowing event as to how the rest of the conquest will go. But not only did Joshua secure the promised land for Israel, including the city of Jericho, but he pronounces a curse on anyone who would try to rebuild it. This curse functions as a security of sorts. It shows just how surely and finally the land has been given and taken by the Israelites. Any man who would try to lay its foundations or set up its gates will pay the price not only of his firstborn son, but also his youngest son. And the cool thing is, this curse is actually fulfilled in 1 Kings 16.34, where it says, In his, King Ahab's days, (coughs) Hiel of Bethel built Jericho. He laid its foundations at the cost of Iberium, his firstborn, and set up its gates at the cost of his youngest son, Segub, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Joshua, the son of Nun. (laughs) The possibility of the Canaanite city of Jericho being rebuilt was completely severed by this curse of Joshua. Now, as the land of Canaan functions as a type of heavenly land for us, so too does Joshua function as a type. He is a type of warrior that points to another in whom all of our hope must rest. His name is Jesus. Listen to what Revelation 21, 6-8 says of Jesus. And he, Jesus the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. Jesus Christ, the greatest warrior ever, shall eternally conquer the land in which you will dwell for eternity. The curse of our leader Jesus will render our enemies eternally and completely incapable. (laughs) And brothers and sisters, the destruction of your enemies is not just a necessary thing, but a good thing. When one member of the body sins, the whole body suffers for it. You can actually read about this in Joshua chapter 7 if you would like. Not only will your external enemies of Satan and those who are opposed to God be finally cut off, but so too will your sin. One day, oh one glorious day, all that is opposed to God shall be fully and finally done away with, and you will have peace from your enemies in your home with Jesus. He will be your God, and we will be his people. Hallelujah to this. In conclusion, will God give you your promised home? Brothers and sisters, without fail, you shall receive your home. Your home shall be secured through divine wrath and divine mercy. And it shall be eternally conquered through your greatest warrior, Jesus Christ. Though at times you might feel pressed in on every side or like mountains are caving in on you, let your hope be sure, be steady and secure in the promise of God that He will give you your promised home. He is coming and you shall be home at last I want to leave you with some lyrics from a song called Almost Home. This life is just a vapor, we are almost home. That sun is setting yonder, we're almost home. Take courage, for this darkness shall break to dawn. Oh, lift your eyes, we are almost home home. Would you pray with me? (laughs) Oh, Heavenly Father and Jesus, our Savior, we, we long to see your face, and not just to be at home somewhere, but to be at home with you. We plead that you would save us, that you would come quickly, and we pray this in Christ's name. Amen.